0: one two three one two three one two three
1: one two three one two three that's testing to make sure i was recording with the right thing all right hello welcome to this week's talent Alone podcast uh i'm your host adam and with me as always my co-host mike um who you guys can't tell us because i don't think you've ever seen a picture of him looks just like scott van pelt You bastard. Gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. 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 Uh, we we kind of starting like midway through just talking because we were ruining all the podcast topics. So we just decided to hit record. Mm hmm. Uh, so, on the docket today, Mike, um, as we are a podcast that covers all the major American sports, um, except for baseball, uh, we're just talking about football again. Yep. Yeah, that's all we really do these days. Maybe we should be branded as a football podcast, but I don't make the rules here. I just follow them. Yeah. Well, I uh, mean, so.
2: the other leagues aren't as close to starting and like all their interesting stuff has ended. So.
1: Yeah, but we're not talking about... James Harden getting pulled off the trade block instead we're talking about AFC quarterbacks in the preseason
2: over under not over under but likelihood that Harden ends up back on the trade block over over what
1: <laughs> uh, I mean at some point yes this year now like he's a he's a fading asset so they're not going to get what they want for him like that was Remember when they were going to trade Ben Simmons and they were talking about how Mori Mori was like, I'm not trading him unless we get an all-star player back. And they did. I mean, they got James Harden back out of that. If he's going in with the same mentality for James Harden, then who in the league can you flip James Harden for that's an all-star player?
0: James you know, Lillard.
1: Jalen <laughs> Brunson. That's not even funny. <laughs> James Harden is not a New York Nick. That just doesn't make any yeah. sense.
2: I'm afraid to even make that joke cuz I'm I worried it will somehow get talked into existence. So.
1: Well, here's the thing. If Tibbs has any sway in the world, James Harden will not step onto a Knicks uniform or a Knicks court in a Knicks uniform.
2: It's just luckily that Mike D'Antoni isn't still the
0: coach of the Knicks or he would bring Harden in. Who would they hire in Philly to coach? Were did they get Nurse? I thought they got... To... Oh, yeah, Monty went to Detroit.
1: Yeah, Monty Williams went to Detroit. It is Nick Nurse. Look at me is, you know yeah. things about basketball. Yeah. And you said I'm the dumbest basketball mind you know. Um, I did. I,
2: th- I see that every... I text you every morning and remind you about that.
1: <laughs> it's just scheduled out years in advance. Yeah. Um, hey, Mike. Well, uh, so now that we've hit our allotment on James Harden talk for the week, uh, we... To, to pull back the curtain a little bit behind the scenes had uh, what some people would call a miscommunication about podcast topics this week, and what I personally would call that Mike doesn't read his fucking texts. So uh, we could either go my route and be completely ill-prepared for uh, podcast topics that you didn't research, or we can go your route, and we can go with the things you researched, and I can just disagree with them, I guess, for a couple hours, and then it just sort of ends. Yeah.
2: But so I'm, hearing, I'm hearing you have more faith in yourself at just, you know... Off, off the cuff yeah
1: <laughs> yes i do um so mike you wanted to talk about some asc south quarterbacks in preseason uh oh and there goes all of our viewership numbers oh, they just hit zero interesting um <laughs> you got a very well researched stat page here uh the kind of rundown you would expect on the scott van pelt show uh so you want to get started on that you want to talk about some uh you want to talk about some AFC South quarterbacks in preseason?
2: Yeah, let's uh, hit that real quick, because none of them looked
0: very good. Well, Lawrence looked fine, but... Well, I think he always looks good. That hair? Yeah, that nose. Very appealing.
1: He's got the nose of a Caesar. <laughs> What's that from? Archer.
2: Uh, yeah. Oh, my... my Take in? it away, Mike! Oh, okay.
1: Let's, let's hear your thoughts and then I'll react.
2: Oh, okay. I I made the notes in case you wanted to.
1: I got them up. Don't worry. Okay. Following along. Yeah. We have to read in class.
2: We'll start with Jacksonville who kicked their preseason off on Saturday. T law came out five of six, 36 yards, a touchdown interception. I don't know why Trevor Lawrence, who has no competition at quarterback for some reason, played three series, but in their first preseason game, but okay. Interception wasn't pretty. Touchdown was fine. Should we be concerned that Trevor Lawrence is throwing interceptions in the preseason?
1: Uh, I mean, no. Like, he, like you said, the interception wasn't great. He, like, boots out and then just overthrows. I think it was, I don't know, probably some wide receiver I've never heard of before. Uh, let me pull it up just to see. But he he boots out. Um, they run, like, a play action to the right. He boots out left and just overthrows... Uh. So yeah, some wide receiver number zero that I don't recognize off the top of my head. Um, and just straight into a Colts receiver's, or a Colts, uh, sorry, a Dallas defender's hands.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it doesn't look great, but uh, here's the thing. It's preseason. Like, Trevor Lawrence hasn't thrown a game speed pass in
0: six months. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, six months. Actually, probably seven months because they got knocked out in the
2: second round
1: yeah yeah because they they came back from 28 points down to beat the uh chargers so maybe instead of being concerned about trevor lawrence we should be concerned about billionaire justin herbert
2: yeah i think we should should be concerned about doug peterson playing as star quarterback for three series in the first week of the preseason
1: yeah honestly it kind of seems like an urban meyer move if I'm, yeah if i'm going Not just smart. with jack's coach's lineage
2: okay so the other thing was everybody has been interested because obviously the afc south was Dog shit last year, so a lot of the teams ended up high in the draft and taking quarterbacks. Houston started their preseason on Thursday against New England. CJ Stroud went 2-4 for 13 yards and threw an interception. Davis Mills came in, went 9-12 for 99 in a touchdown. And then Case Keenum went 9-14 of 14 for 79 yards in a touchdown. And my question is, I would like you to rank these three quarterbacks using made-up betting odds on who will be the starter come week one.
1: You want me to pull up the real betting odds on it instead?
0: Sure.
1: I uh, think they have them. Uh, or if they do, I'm not going to actually pull them up. Uh, I would say CJ Strat at this point has got to be like minus 500 to start, right? Like they're giving him all the first team reps. Um, it's a new, like it's a completely new administration in Houston. So I would be surprised if Davis Mills... Is even second. Like, it might be like to start week one, it's like Davis Mills plus 1500, Case Keenum plus 750. And then CJ Stroud all the hell all the way down at minus 500. Yeah. I mean,
2: Case Keenum looked fine against third string players. So, right on case. Uh, I think Davis Mills is like the break in case of emergency. Like, if CJ Stroud gets, starts playing so bad to the point where Houston can't, like, what's what I'm looking for? Houston cannot. um, Populate. justify like having him on the field anymore to the point where they think they're actually negatively impacting his growth because he's playing so bad then they would probably bring in davis mills to finish out the season but as of right now i'm pretty
1: sure it's his job to lose yeah i don't know why i don't know why they even have davis mills on this team i guess because he's on a rookie contract so he's just doesn't cost anything but yeah. if i'm structuring a team and i'm bringing in a rookie quarterback that i want to get up to nfl game speed I want someone who has been in the league for years talking to him, and you know, Case Keenum's ain't Mahomes, but he's been good enough to hang around the league for at this point eight nine years. Like he can at least go over to CJ Stroud and go like, "Hey, listen, this year we play in fucking Cincinnati or whatever. Don't eat the Skyline Chili, like it's a I'll... ruse or whatever." Skyline Chili
2: looks disgusting.
1: Also, it's disgusting.
2: Okay, that's actually also a good point. <laughs>
1: But, yeah. Oh, fuck, man. I kind of want chili.
2: Yeah, your chili's
0: vegan, so it looks good. It looks, it looks tasty.
1: I might make chili tonight.
0: Anyways, um... But...
1: Like, Davis Mills sucks. Like, let's be very clear about that. Davis Mills has had one good series in his life, and that's when he costs them the number one overall pick by converting multiple fourth downs in a row and scoring a touchdown. Outside yeah. of that, he's just Mike Glennon with more hair.
2: He does have the neck of a Glennon. That's yeah, what say
1: about him. For the comparison, guys. You remember yeah. the other night, we were talking about this website that had uh, quarterback comparison, so their closest comparison, and it appeared to just be based off of their physical dimensions. You think if we looked up Davis Mills, it would say Mike Glennon as his closest comp?
2: I hope so, but that one would probably fit in, like, level of play as well as level of neck. Yeah. That's actually Long a very good of career.
1: Didn't Mike Glennon yeah. get fucking paid at one point?
2: Uh, yeah, by Chicago.
1: What a dog shit franchise. Dog shit yeah. city, too. Never would step foot in it. <laughs> All
2: right, so then uh, Indy kicked their preseason off yesterday against my Buffalo Bills. Anthony Richardson got the start. The Athletic Freak, the man who's considered... Very raw, but has all the tools. Seven to twelve for sixty seven yards. That inter-
1: yeah. I mean, was phys- all the tools. Has
2: all the physical tools. Uh seven to twelve for sixty-seven in an interception, two rushes for seven yards, and had one pretty nice throw where he dropped it into the receiver's hands towards the like towards the pylon that was dropped. Um Minshew followed him, went six for six for seventy-two yards, and then I'm not going to talk about Sam Ellinger because there's really no reason to.
1: No, talk talks. about Davis Mills. We're not going to talk about Sam Ellinger.
2: Yeah, that, I guess that's fair. Uh, my question was, could you see Minshew
0: taking the starting job from Anthony Richardson?
1: Um, I don't know, man. Like, so they brought in. Um, the former offensive coordinator from Philly, Shane Steichen. And Steichen, you know, Hurts is Hurts, right? Like, you, you, Hertz is almost uncomparable because Hertz has that, like, Allen gene where he's just going to get better every year. And it's like, you know, it's so many different things that add up into that. And who knows if Anthony Richardson has that same thing. So I don't want to say Steichen made Hertz work, so Steichen will make Anthony Richardson work because... We don't know if Richardson has the like work ethic and chip on his shoulder the way Hertz does. But I think if you're Ursay and your whatever you want to call it, your your command to the Colts is we're done signing Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan. We're gonna draft and develop like we did with Manning and Luck. Then Richardson would have to do a lot wrong, and you got to kind of hope that you can lean on Shane Steichen to be like the guy who can tell Richardson, all right, it's fine if you're throwing interceptions. It's fine if you're making dumb plays. Just don't develop the bad habits, right? We don't want you running away from the pocket every time that you start to feel a little bit of pressure. We don't want you hucking the ball into tight windows just because you have the athleticism too. Like, It's fine if we lose a lot of games. If we're the number one overall draft pick, we'll just trade it away for a bunch of future assets. We want to make Anthony Richardson work. So that's what you kind of have to hope is the, you know, defining principle for the Colts. So for them to put Minshew in over Richardson, I think would be a sign of Urse pulling an Urse, which I guess is possible because if anyone's going to pull an Ursae, it'll be Urse. Yeah, I...
2: I think part of Richardson is they needed, like, some reason for people to actually want to watch the Colts. Like, they're, they've been one of the most boring teams for the last few years. Like, not even from a play standpoint, just from when you think of who's on their team. Even with Jordan Taylor, even when they were a playoff team with Phillip Rivers, they're just, like, boring. So, a player like Richardson at least makes them, like, you know, if you have League Pass, you're going to, not what it's whatever it's called, NFL, Amazon Prime, watch all games. YouTube. YouTube or whatever, Um, that, like, with Anthony Richardson, like, I'll flip over to a Colts game to see what he's doing because even though he may have plays, like, yesterday where he threw, like, a really awkward off-his-back-foot falling-backwards interception, he'll also, I think, do some, like, really fun things. Similar to the Davis-Mills situation, I think Garden Minshew is just someone who has starting experience, so it's, like, a break glass in case of emergency. Anthony Richardson's losing his confidence. we got to get him out of there. So we'll give it to Minshew.
1: I also do think it's worth noting in that preseason game, Richardson only had two rushing attempts, neither of which was designed. Yeah. So I think that we're going to see a lot of that from Steichen, because Steichen's the guy that, you know, got the the Jalen Hurts offense going last year.
0: Yeah, I highly expect
2: that designed QB runs will be more of a thing. And maybe that's like, I don't know, sometimes people watch preseason and if an offense looks like not great people would be like oh it's preseason they, they don't want to show their good stuff yet you know they're saving that for the regular season maybe they're doing that with richardson in design runs but that is just like a wild
1: assumption at this point that's what i would assume too hey who's gonna be the number one receiver on the colts is it gonna be fucking Pittman? is that really who we're gonna rely on richardson to throw to
2: yeah i mean i'd have to look up off the top of my head if they have someone else on the depth chart that would
1: be above him. I'm pulling it up. Um, yeah, Alec Pierce, Isaiah McKenzie. That is a dog shit wide receiver
2: a little, room. A little dirty. Former Buffalo Bill. I wish him the best, but I was
0: kind of glad we didn't use up cap space to bring him back.
1: Could I could throw it to Kylan Granson? You could. They got Evan Hull, who's going to be running the ball since Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor aren't going to be playing.
2: Yeah. So now that we're talking about Evan Hull, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next team, which Rashad is the Perryman.
1: Season.
2: The Tennessee Titans kicked stuff off yesterday as well against the uh, your home team, the Chicago Bears. Malik Willis gets the start. Tannehill didn't play. I don't, is he still hurt? Like not even able to play?
1: Uh, I think that he's supposed to be the week one starter. So no.
2: He is, but I didn't know if he was like healthy enough for preseason or not. Uh, but Malik goes six, 16 to twenty-five for one eighty-nine, threw one interception, which it, it, the ball was high, so it like went off the fingertips of the intended receiver and got picked. So, you know, not a, as brutal as some of the other ones we saw yesterday. Um, but the highlights, you know, three rushes for twenty-two yards, got that touchdown on the ground. Uh, and then Will Levis came in went nine to 14 for 85 yards through an interception to seal the game for, uh, for the Chicago win. And both quarterbacks were sacked four times, which is not great considering the Titans had the dead last rated offensive line last season. So it sounds like we're, we're going to get more of that. Uh, do you think either Levis or Willis takes over at some point for Tannehill this season?
1: Um, I guess it depends on what your outlook is for the Titans. If you see the Titans as a team around 500, no. Because, well, especially, like, we don't even need to talk about Malik Willis. Like, that, for whatever reason, that team just fucking hates Malik Willis. And if, you know, if they had any sense about him, they would try to trade him to get 90 cents back on the dollar they paid for him. But, they, like, it's it's going to be Levis against Tannehill, and... If there's a coach in the NFL that I could see being a, you're going to sit behind the lead quarterback guy, that seems like a... Uh... Oh, Mike Vrabel? But yeah, it seems like a Vrabel move.
2: Yeah, I think... It's kind of funny, because I soured so much on Levis throughout his last year at Kentucky, and then when the Titans kind of... I honestly someone decided Malik Willis was a dick or whatever, and... They drafted Levis. Ever since then, I've actually been rooting for Malik Willis <laughs> as like kind of like the underdog. Uh, so I'm pulling for him. Hopefully, he if it's not Tennessee, he gets a shot somewhere else. I could see a situation. Well, one, Tannehill's injury has had some issues with injury, and then um, what? Who? Who's picture is that? Is that Levis?
1: Jake Funk.
2: Jake Funk, and his position is running back. Oh, okay beautiful man yeah. um <laughs> uh, so if dan hill gets hurt i could also see i'm really down on the titans this year so i could totally see them just being like way out of it and being like fuck it let's start like let like this for the last six games of the year just to see what we have
1: what are the chances that vrabel is still the head coach of the tennessee titans in three
0: years um i i think when we did our QB hot seat draft last week. Didn't I take him?
2: You took him late. I did. I took him late. So I think there is a chance he could be gone in a season or two.
1: Yeah. You took him with your fourth pick.
0: Okay. Yeah. So those are the, uh,
2: how the rookie quarterbacks and Trevor Lawrence fared in week one preseason overreact. However you would like
0: internet.
1: Yeah. Um. If you had to guess who was going to be, the best quarterback in this division in five years, and you can't pick Trevor Lawrence.
0: Who are you picking? Oh, man, that's really hard. Like, who's going to get the
1: biggest extension after the rookie deal?
2: As ugly as that interception was. I'm going to put my money on Anthony Richardson.
1: Got to put it on Richardson, right? Like, I mean, Stroud is like a good quarterback. Levis probably won't be, but Richardson, it's like, if he hits, fuck, he hits, right? You're talking about like, Mm -hmm. you're talking like a more athletic Michael Vick level of hitting.
2: Also, last thing I'll say is that I'm very disappointed that his name is pronounced Steichen because I really wanted him to be Shane Stinken, but that's
1: okay. Is this the first time you've heard his name?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I obviously I knew who he was, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it out
1: loud, so What's No you I heard I heard Bill Simmons fumbling with it a few months ago, so I think that it's a pretty common retort that people don't know how to pronounce Shane Steichen's name. Yeah. But I'm a football expert, so I guess next we can talk about your R B rankings. Ooh. Um if you have been keeping up with the podcast the last few weeks. We've been ranking various skill positions, and as we are running out, we'll probably move on to the defensive side of the ball, or perhaps even the coaching. But, I must say coaching side of the ball. But, uh, this week, once again, due to the miscommunication, uh, our my originally planned idea fell through, so I unfortunately did not throw together running back rankings. So we're gonna try a new thing. We're gonna go through Mike's running back rankings, and I'm gonna get progressively upset as he ranks running backs too high. All right. I
2: had a lot of fun researching this one, and it was definitely like the QB one we did to start this all off. It was like easier to like in your head before we even look things up to kind of know who the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL are. In uh, your head. <laughs> Um, But wide receivers and running backs have been uh, a little more fun. So before I give you my number ten, do you mind if I mention a couple of uh, I can't remember shit today? Honorable, honorable mention. mentions. Yeah, who just missed the cut?
1: Yeah, let me hear. Let me hear your honorable mentions.
2: So my first honorable mention is Najee Harris of right. the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Only twenty-five. For some reason, I was surprised to see this. So his uh, first season in two thousand one, he had. Twelve hundred yards on
1: three
2: hundred and two thousand and one. Yeah, and uh three hundred on three hundred and seven attempts. He got targeted ninety four times and caught seventy four of them for like four sixty seven. Last season, his rushing attempts dropped to two seventy two, and his passing targets dropped to fifty three. So I don't know who he pissed off.
1: Well, he was hurt too. It's worth noting.
2: Oh, that's true. Correct,
1: but his
2: if you're someone who puts weight in like Yards per carry, which I tend to. Um, their offensive line wasn't terrible either. They were got the 16th ranking. So, eh, I, he was close to number 10, but didn't quite make it. The other one is Miles Sanders, which is probably going to be a hot take that I didn't have him in my top 10.
1: No, I'm fine with that. um Just yeah. quick quick clarification. What are these offensive line rankings based out of?
2: Uh, PFF's end of the year for the season's uh, offensive line rankings. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, I know Sanders had like this monster season last year, like his first time breaking 1,000 yards. Um, it's also like the most usage he's got in his whole career. He put up 1269, 11 touchdowns. Um, he did it in Philadelphia, who went end-to-end on PFF preseason to end of the year as the best offensive line in the league, which I think is very fair rating. I think we would all agree with that one, um, watching what they did. And I don't know. I might be reading too much into this, but it's just a little... Interesting that Philly did not they were totally cool with being like, all right, you can go to Carolina, we're gonna run with Kenneth Gainwell.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those well also Rashad Penny, but um it's uh <clears throat> it's one forgot of those him. yeah uh trade firm, I believe actually, but I'd have to double check on that. Um it's one of those like bets on scheme is more important than player. The Eagles have like an outrageously good offensive line, especially when you talk about Kelsey, who can just, is maybe one of the most athletic offensive linemen in the league and can just get out to the second level to block on um, zone blocking schemes. So they have the ability to move the ball with probably whoever is behind the line. And just Miles Sanders I think is going to be uh, DeMarco Murray type who goes to the second team and has forgotten to the annals of history.
2: As much as I'm going to need him to play good because of my massive Bryce Young bets and shit talking. So we'll see. Uh, all right, so let's get to the list. Number 10. I'm a huge fan of this guy. Damian Pierce, the rookie last year, 23. He, if you're someone who is like only take running backs in the middle of the draft, he's one of your poster children In only 13 games. He, uh, put up 939 yards, 4.3 a carry. Um, and this was behind the 26th ranked offensive line. Huge fan of Damian Pierce. He can run either way. He's very even in his uh, designed runs between gap and zone. He's versatile. I'm a big Damian Pierce guy.
1: It's just... It seems high to rank someone who has one season of experience mm-hmm. in the top 10.
2: You're going to awesome. be... You're going to be disappointed with some other picks, because unlike last season where I didn't, you had more one-year guys in your wide receiver rankings than I did.
1: Um, I just had one, right, Garrett Wilson? I, thought you I, didn't had have one. A, I don't think I had a Lave or anything.
2: Oh, ah, okay. All right, well, my number nine is another one of these people. <laughs> Kenneth right. Walker III from Seattle.
1: Who, once again, is injured.
2: Is injured. He's another one who got his season was shortened a little bit. He still played 15 games and started 11 of them, because if you remember at the beginning of the year, they were... All about Rashad Penny until he got hurt. And then Kenneth Walker took over and never looked back. Put up over a thousand yards, nine touchdowns, uh, and was actually came in second in the offensive player rookie of the year behind Garrett Wilson. But he actually had more first place votes 19 to 18 for Kenneth Walker. He is a little small, 5'9, 211 pounds. But I don't know. I feel like with running back in the NFL, the way the game's going, they're looking for more athleticism, even if they're not going to be the biggest guys in the world. Uh, Thoughts on Kenneth Walker?
1: Not much of a receiving threat, and so I don't like putting backs in the top 10 who don't catch the fucking ball. Uh, also, worth noting, if we're projecting forward, I don't know exactly what your process with these top 10 lists are, mm-hmm. but my go-to tends to be these guys will be the 10 best blanks in the league this season. Right. Which is why you could put someone like Damien Pierce on there and say, this guy will be a top 10 running back this season. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but Kenneth Walker, who once again is coming off of an injury is also now in a backfield with Zach Charbonnet, who was drafted in the second round. So we probably aren't going to see the same, qu- the same quantity of metrics, right? Like, you're talking about a dude that was taken, like, near the tail end of the second round by Pete Carroll's gum-chewing ass that's probably going to want to, like, run the fuck out of the ball. But if Charbonnet turns out to be as good or better than Ken Walker, suddenly Ken Walker turns into the, I don't know, James Cook of this backfield rotation.
2: I can't believe you're bad-talking Kenneth Walker. He went to Michigan State. Uh, your your girlfriend lives near Michigan State. That was the are joke.
1: You, are you just trying to flex on this because you couldn't remember anyone who went to NC State earlier today? And so now you have to name what college everyone went to? Yes, I'm very disappointed in myself. This is like when you text me about uh, Heartline and you were like, oh, you went to Michigan. And then he went to OSU and you were like, it was close. That was close. <laughs> that's not close. It's wrong. It's either right or wrong. You can't be close in the game of what college did this guy go to. Alright, moving on. If you had said NC stat and he went to NC State, sure. But he went to a different college. You
2: didn't I accidentally hit send on my text. The full text was he went to Michigan's biggest rival, OSU, but I accidentally hit send too early. That was all you one. hit
1: send before you went back and changed the middle of yes. the the text.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so number eight. Um, as much as he plays for my mortal enemy, I think this dude's one of the most like I maybe mean, not most, but I think he's
1: Oh, I know exactly where you're going with this all right? Yeah,
2: he's criminally underrated, and that's Ramondre Stevenson in New England. Is that where you thought I was going? Yep. Yeah. Uh, he is a bigger running back, foot two, twenty-seven. New England does have a good offensive line, but he put up uh, over 1,000 yards, averaging 5 yards a carry, and because of his size, you wouldn't think it, but he also caught 421 yards a season. So I think he's surprisingly good compared to, people would look at his his body type and think, oh, here's like this tough running, like, you know, between the tackles guy. He doesn't catch a lot of balls, but he does. And he does it in a system with Bill Belichick, who literally has a fear of commitment to anybody who's a running back. Like, he only technically started seven games because uh, Pierce got the rest of them. And him being underrated, kind of like a thing of his whole, like, career at... Uh, Oklahoma, because in 2019, he was playing with Jalen Hurts. So Hurts like, led that team in like rushing attempts and yards. But he still uh, averaged 8 yards a carry and put up 15, 515 yards, but averaged 8 yards a carry in 13 games. And then next year, when uh, Kenny Brooks decided to opt out because of COVID, who was their leading back, he only played six games due to a suspension, but he averaged 6.6 yards a carry again. So he ended up being a late draft pick because of that. And I think he's criminally underrated.
1: No, I, I love me some Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I think that he got benched because he fumbled it a good amount of times, including, I think, uh, one or two that lost the game for the Patriots at, at one point. And Belichick, for all of his his genius and his ability to ride Tom Brady's coattails, uh, was is definitely still a defensive-minded head coach and an NFL head coach. So when a guy starts fumbling, he gets benched, regardless of his production. Um, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's really sure-handed when he's catching passes from Bailey Zappi and uh, Mac Jones too. Like he just—he's a good receiving option coming out of there. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Ramondre a lot. I think that you may have ranked him a little too high. Like I don't know if he would have cracked my top ten, but oh, okay. it's good enough to where I, I'm not willing to to argue with it. I also think that. I think that we could see an uptick in him scoring touchdowns. He had five touchdowns last year. And just because he is by far the going to be the lead back this year. And once again, an offense with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, I think that we could see him getting the ball in goal to go situations pretty routinely.
2: Yeah. So I actually like before I really started ranking people, I just kind of like started going through some of the top runners just by yards and just like jotting the names down without like doing any more research. You know, like I was like step one and then I went and looked into it more and I originally was thinking like, oh, reminder Stevenson, that's probably going to be like my, my number 10. But then just looking into it more, that's why I ended up putting him at eight. Um, so I'm a big fan. Number seven, this is where we Wait, get, into- before
1: you, before you get number seven. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say last 10 years or maybe, you know, just so it's fresher in your mind, last five years. Who is the best Patriots running back?
0: So
2: before Ramondre, it would have been like Damien Pierce had his time in the like limelight for a minute, or not the limelight. Wait, but he, he has is he the exact same name as.
1: That's what I'm wondering. Hold on. Yeah. Making... <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just spelled differently.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. So that like broke my brain for a second. Yeah. That's why but, it was
1: breaking my brain too. Yeah.
2: And then before him, I guess it was like LeGarrett Blunt or Sony Michelle.
1: Yeah. How weird is that? that... Yeah. Because it probably was LeGarrett Blunt or Jonas Gray for that, like, Miami game.
2: Yeah, I don't think since, like, Corey Dillon in the early 2000s has... New England had, like, kind of a big name running back. Like, they just... As a GM, Belichick will not spend money at that position.
1: No, I mean, he doesn't do that at wide receiver either. Like, after Randy Moss, have they had really, like, more than a handful of notable wide receivers?
2: I mean... If you're including Gronk in the argument, even though he's a tight end, but right,
1: I wasn't including Gronk because Gronk also is a good blocker, so he's not like, yeah. um, you know, he's not like when you talk about Austin Hooper or something. you are just talking about like yeah. a big receiver or, or uh, Gasecki, Mike Gasecki.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're just talking about like a big dude who catches passes, but yeah, like outside of the the white slot receivers. They they really are just like, give us whatever's on the bottom rung of the wide receiver free agency ladder. Fucking De- Devontae Parker. We'll make him our wide receiver one. We'll draft Tyquan Thornton and make him our wide receiver one.
2: Adam, did you know Chris Hogan played lacrosse?
1: <laughs> I honestly forgot about Chris Hogan until the second every game what the fuck was up with that why do they get on these things sometimes i
2: don't know it's just like it's just like an easy thing for announcers to go to whenever someone's like a dual athlete it's just funny that it was lacrosse
1: i gotta tell you the unfortunate side to being a commanders fan is that a game will not pass for the next three years where i don't hear about brian robinson getting shot
2: oh yeah that's gonna be all over all right ready for seven yeah So this is where we get to your more dual threat running backs you were talking about. I got Travis Etienne at number seven, also a little smaller, 5'10", 210 pounds. Came off, didn't play at all his rookie year because of the ACL tear. Jacksonville's line in the bottom half of the league. Uh, But keep in mind that for the first five games of the season, for some reason, Doug Peterson and Jacksonville were like starting James Robinson technically. And then they were like, well, that's not going to work. So then it was like all Etienne. Uh, Ended up putting up 1125 on the ground and averaging 5.1 a carry, which is very good. And then 316 through the air. Um, If he gets his receiving yardage back up to like what he was doing in college, he's going to be a monster. I mean, I remember him at Clemson and like that final year, I wouldn't shut up about, especially Trevor Lawrence. And I was big on ETN and, I'll never forget his last year Notre Dame went into into Clemson and they actually beat them. That was the game that Lawrence was out for. And so they had to start DJ Oogaloola-laylay. <laughs> Wasn't even going to try to get it right. And we stuffed ETN, only had 28 yards. And I was like, this is like, this is peak for me as a Notre Dame fan. And then we played them in the college football playoff. And the dude only ran the ball 10 times and put up 124
1: yards. <laughs>
2: <and> just <laughs> that's such a call.
1: college stat line.
2: Yeah. So, him bouncing back the way he did after that injury, if he gets going, especially in the passing game, he could move up this
1: list. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned him as a dual threat. I don't think of ETN as a guy that catches passes, but that's because I don't watch college. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't have ranked him this high. Um, a, because he's had one actual game season because his true rookie season he had liz frank surgery but b because i don't think of him as having any pass catching ability i mean i like etn i've had etn in fantasy both years uh not a great pick the first year but like the dude just the dude isn't the same caliber of dual threat threat if you want to call him a dual threat that i would be making my entire top 10 list off of i mean like you said, he had like 300 yards last year. How do you have the numbers in front of you? Do you do you know how many receptions he had for that?
2: If you divide 316 by 9, that'll tell you.
1: Why would that tell me? Oh, that's how many receptions he had.
2: Per I, he, per, he had three, per,
1: yeah, per per reception that's how many yards. Yeah. Okay, hold on, I can do this. You said 316? Yeah, so he's
2: going to come up I think around probably like 34 or something.
1: Um yeah, 35. 35 receptions.
2: There you go. So yeah, I think they're going to start targeting him more next season. I think that's going to be a big part
1: of Doug Peterson season two, but once again, so, okay, here's, here's my complaint. And here's, here's why I also don't like anything to do with, uh, like in fantasy, I don't like anything to do with running backs like James Cook or, um, Isaiah Pacheco or, or I guess better than Isaiah Pacheco is, uh, uh, CEH. Because these guys that are supposed to have some kind of receiving threat to them, the guys who, like, stay home to block and then leak out into the middle for, like, a button hook, these quarterbacks, these athlete quarterbacks in Year of Our Lord 2023, don't check down to these guys anymore. This isn't, you know, Tom Brady on the Bucks throwing to Leonard Fournette in the playoffs. It's... There's no options available downfield. They go through their four reads, and they just fucking take off and gain 11 yards. So the running backs who are reliant on receiving work from athletic quarterbacks, but aren't included as much in the design receiving game, like without getting like screen passes and stuff like that, I just don't trust them to have production.
2: Okay, well, maybe my next guy will fit more of what you're looking for for this list. Number six is Austin Eckler. The man who attempted to start a running back revolution for not can getting you call paid him enough. Zoom Eckler? Zoom Meckler, yeah. Uh, we won't use Zoom, though, because apparently they're trying to take, I don't know, like, have you heard about this? You seen this year about this? No. Apparently they're like... Oh, they're trying term- to make
1: people go back to work in person? Is that what you mean?
2: Well, they are making that happen. But also, I guess their new terms of service says that, like, they can claim ownership... Of things that you say and do using their platform and they want to record things to use it to train like their ai or something i don't know
1: people are making a about it nice but no like zoom eckler that should be his new nickname right because a he's at the zoom meeting and b great running back nickname
2: yeah so behind the uh, 17th line last season he put up 911 yards on the ground, caught another 647... Oh, I'm sorry. 915, caught another 722 and put up 18 touchdowns. His previous year, he put 911 up on the ground, 647 through the air and had 20 touchdowns for the team. I think if you were doing like non-QB offensive MVP for each team, I think he's that for uh, the Chargers. And I love him because I feel like he plays with a chip on his shoulder. This dude had... Performed very well in high school, but was a zero-star recruit. Got no D1 offers. Ended up going to the esteemed Western Colorado University.
1: Go Mountaineers. And,
2: yeah, and I, that might be what they are. Um, uh, and despite putting up massive numbers, he ended up still being an undrafted free agent.
1: Yeah, I love me some Austin Eckler. If anything, this was your sixth. Yeah. If anything, that may be a spot or two lower than I would rate, rank him. Um I guess your main concern has to be age. I mean, you know, I don't want to get into, like, threshold bias, but he is getting closer to 30. I mean, he's only 28, but he's getting closer. Uh, Which, you know, that's that's his whole argument. But the guy is just a great dual threat. Herbert's not really a runner in the same way, so I I trust Austin Eckler for production in this offense a lot more. But, yeah, I mean, Austin, he does he does everything you would want, right? Like, he's a ridiculous receiving threat. I mean, getting over 100 targets as a, a running back, that's that's the kind of guy that you want to hit your wagon to. Um, And then on top of that, 200 rushes. I mean, that's an insane workload. You know, we always talk about Derrick Henry hitting, like, the 350 rushes a few years ago. But doing 204 rushes and 107 receptions, that's you know, 311 total offensive plays in which you had the ball. That's a lot of work. So maybe he'll break down soon. But in the meantime, I'm just going to enjoy watching him. Um, I bet that guy has, like, an insanely good, like, PFF grade.
0: Yeah, I didn't
2: – I can't remember what it was, but I yeah. Um, number five, a slightly younger Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, San Francisco 49ers by a slightly Whoa. younger – what you ranked him so low? Uh, yeah, he's uh, you're not, you're gonna hate my top four. Um, he's a year younger than eckler When I say slightly younger, and obviously he plays for the Niners, who so have a also a very good offensive line. But he finally got out of Carolina. He put up 11:47 on the ground and 7:41 through the sky. And how many air. passing
1: yards? Yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> no passing yards. Actually, he, he did throw. Touchdown. Yeah, he did throw that passing touchdown. About? He's he's a triple threat. Uh, thirteen touchdowns for the Niners. Um,
1: I've always described him as the Liza Minnelli of football.
2: So, the previous two seasons in twenty and twenty one, obviously he had only played three games, and then seven games in twenty twenty two. But he's finally healthy, and in nineteen, his previous like fully healthy season, which I believe was his rookie year, or no, it was his uh second season. Yeah, is he was when, drafted in twenty
1: seventeen.
2: Yeah, is when he did the amazing like double thousand. He had. 1375 on the ground and then a thousand and five through the air, like that's unreal. And I think with freaking um Kyle Shanahan, I have a strong feeling that he could get back to those numbers next season. And if that happens, yeah, he'll be up in like my top three, possibly number one.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Chris McCaffrey is kind of the key that unlocks the car for Kyle Shanahan mm-hmm. because. You know, as a defense, your entire thing is that you're scheming based off the personnel that someone brings on the field. So if someone brings in 21 personnel, then you're expecting a run. So you need to get a heavier defensive unit in there to try to to move the line and stop the run. If they're running 11 personnel or 10 personnel, you're expecting a pass. And so you can go into nickel or dime and try to stop the pass. But what makes the Shanahan offense so unique is with players like Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle, is that you can run out there in twenty-two personnel. You know, two tight ends, two uh, running backs, but secretly one of those tight ends is one of the best receivers in the league and a great blocker, and secretly that running back is like a slot receiver, and secretly Debo Samuels can be just a big running back. So you have, and same thing with Ayuk. Ayuk can also just be a big running back. So you have all these little pieces you can move around. And we saw that for a long time with uh, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle, and then the various other running backs, you know, Raheem Mostert and Michael Hasty. But once they traded for Christian McCaffrey, like I said, he's, he's the, the key that unlocks the car. Now they have this guy who they can put in the backfield and run, you know, 13 personnel or something crazy like that and then just motion him out into the slot, and he's running a five-yard in. Or they can hand it off to him, and he can run it between the tackles. Like, Christian McCaffrey is such a unique player, put in a unique offense with a unique coach, that it's it's like you were talking about with Anthony Richardson. Like, when you have league pass, whatever you called it, Sunday ticket, um, San Francisco becomes somewhat much must-watch must watch TV, because you have to see what they're going to do with Christian McCaffrey.
2: Yeah, and you wonder why, they're like going in the next year, and they're like, "Yeah, well, like Brock Purdy's the starter, we'll be okay." That's because the weapons they put around him are so just dynamic.
1: Yeah, how many how many injuries are we away from Kyle Shanahan just going fuck it, give me a helmet, I'm going in.
2: <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to come out with like the old school uh like wishbone formation and shit.
1: Yeah, just run the Navy offense. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you think uh, Christian McCaffrey thinks about the Pac-12? I don't
2: know. Maybe might be you know former Stanford. Might He might be a little upset. Sad to see her go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Christian McCaffrey and Andrew Luck and John Elway all sit around in a circle now and have to figure out a new conference to root for. Mm-hmm. Those are all the players I can name that I know from the past. Oh, Justin Herbert. Uh, and
0: uh, Bryce Love. Stanford. Yeah. Uh, all right, so
2: here comes my top four, which will probably make you pull your hair out and you'll disagree with it. Um, uh, I can probably f- guess
1: your top four at this point Yeah So I don't think I'm going to be too upset, but we'll see
2: So number four uh, King Henry, Derrick Henry himself The man who ended Josh Norman's career With a <laughs> uh The fucking unit six three two forty seven, 247 uh, Running behind the league's Worst offensive line last year PFF ranked him 32 Dead last uh, He still managed to put up over 1500 yards And 13 touchdowns uh, he finished the year ninth in MVP voting, and if the honestly, I think if the Titans had somehow made the playoffs, even as a wild card, he probably would have finished in the top five. And um, was this is some ridiculous. So remember the season before that, he only played eight games, and then got hurt. Yeah. So then he came back, had a monster year, and finished ninth in comeback player of the year awards. Geno Smith yeah. won that award. That is ridiculous, and I stand by that take. So I have him four. Some people may have put him higher, but let's keep in mind he's 30. And he also led running backs in fumbles last year with six. It's, uh, oh.
1: it, it's also worth noting that since 2019, the only season Derrick Henry hasn't surpassed 300 touches is that injury season. Mm-hmm. This man defies a lot of the, you know, the thresholds we use for stuff. So Aaron Schatz, formerly a football outsider, has the rule of 350 that's, that you see a, a steep decline in running backs the year after they rush for at least 350 carries. And Derek Henry has rushed for 350 carries twice. And we haven't seen that decline yet. So it's going to have a, I mean, like in fucking 2020, he rushed for 378 carries. That guy had... That guy was 22 carries. That guy was one game away from hitting 400 carries in a season.
0: Yeah, it felt very
2: variable, as you mentioned like a vrabel s thing to do earlier. It feels very Vrabel to have this, like, old-school, our running back is going to be our key offensive, like, our, like, dominant guy to touch the ball the most.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he still hasn't really broken down. Like, he had that one injury season, which worked out great for me because I had a bet on if Derrick Henry was going to have over a 1,000 yards and he came up just short because he got hurt.
2: Yeah, I feel like you've been, look, you've been calling, like, the Derrick Henry decline, I think, for, like, what, two or three years?
1: If I keep calling it, I'll be right eventually.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It's like me saying CM Punk will turn heel every week. Eventually it has to happen, right? Yeah.
1: Either he retires after continuing to run for at or near a thousand yards a season, or he'll go, he'll hit like a season where he just does like 500 and plays eight games. And I'm right. Mm -hmm.
2: So my number three is a man who I like to call as sacrilegious as this may sound, Bo Jackson 2.0. That's right. I said it. Saquon Barkley. Of the New York Giants, twenty six years old, six foot, two hundred and thirty two pounds, still this runs a four 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 forty.
1: This, this is your number three. Yeah. Fuck. Who are you going to leave off? There's like a few guys left that I can't believe you haven't named yet. Ooh, this is getting weird.
2: Yeah, I almost put him one, but after going through it some more, I, I had an opinion change on uh, on on a certain certain back. Um. So yeah, despite his size, he's fast. Like I said, right, runs a four four forty. He can cut. He's agile. He Similar to McCaffrey, struggled with injuries for a couple seasons. And then finally, Brian Dable comes in and he gets back to form last year. 13-12 on the ground, average 4.4, 10 touchdowns. Uh, only 3.38 catching, so he didn't really get back to his like rookie season where he put up 7.21 through the air. But I think he could get back there. Uh, also a fun thing to consider, uh, PFF gave him a 75.5 grade for pass blocking, which is... 24th amongst running backs, but when you look at the list, he's really the only like big name like running back that's up there, like star running back. And also, he was out there. Um, of the amount of like pass plays he was out there for, he actually was designed to pass block 83 times, which when you looked at it is actually a pretty high number for a running back. He's actually the seventh most in the position. Uh, Just for fun, I look. I made a note that since you're the big Ty Montgomery guy and you know his whole career. Um, he was fourth with a grade of 82.7, um, on his six passing block attempts that he had last season in New England.
1: Yeah. Which is funny because with Ty Montgomery, he started off as a wide receiver, but he was a slot receiver. He wasn't the kind of guy that you expect to be blocking. He wasn't like a big body X receiver who could really like cut inside and put a block on like a smaller weak side linebacker or something to open up a lane. He's just like this tiny little slot receiver who became kind of a tall running back.
2: Yeah, and I, I point that out because as great of a source as PFF is, it is one of those things where you have to kind of set minimums, like minimum amount of snaps. Because like like I said, Montgomery has an 82.7 pass blocking rating. He was only on the field for 17 passing plays and only designed to block six times. <laughs> so that's why his his rating's so high. But compared to Saquon, who actually had pretty high numbers in that category. So you can put him back there in pass block. He's extremely athletic. I was huge in Saquon coming coming into the draft. Me and you argued about him being drafted too early. And in hindsight, when you consider what running backs can be later in the draft, probably still drafted too early. But I think Saquon's back at the
1: top of the league. Okay, so here's my thing with Saquon. Usually when you have to argue against positioning, you want to make the negative, right? You want to argue why someone's too high. I like Saquon. There's just other people I like better. So for... You know, argument's sake, on just to to pull a name out that that was below him on like Christian McCaffrey, right? Christian McCaffrey just has a lot more utility in the modern NFL. He's a guy who can do a lot more on a per-snap basis than someone like Saquon can, because Saquon is a little overrated as a pass catcher. I mean, you you kind of just saw his numbers, and and we're talking about them a little bit there. He's Not, like, people talk about, like, a dual threat, but he's kind of just a running back, which is fine. Like, a three-down running back's fine. It's not, whatever, optimal, but it's not a bad thing. But outside of his rookie season, he's never really been that hefty of a a receiving threat. And the differences that... Hold up. (laughs) Was I
0: here the whole time for that?
1: Uh, You you cut out for a second, but I was just going. My computer crashed. Interesting, you know. We'll see how that works out when it comes to the scratch. Let me Uh, see if did you. I assume you lost your audacity file. It's still
2: going. Like it's still recording, and this is still Still in the Discord chat. So I don't. I don't know. Did you change shirts?
0: No, same shirt.
1: I'm sorry. There's no way that's true. Yeah. So technical difficulties, but we're back. I was mid. Saquon rant, trying to fill time after you disappeared from our Discord chat.
2: Yeah, sorry um, about that.
1: No, that's all good. Basically, my argument was, I don't want to talk the negative about Saquon. I want to talk the positive about other guys. I just think that Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry, both, they, they, they correct on Saquon, right? If you want a guy who's a better runner, just between the tackles, than Saquon, I would take Derrick Henry. And if you want a guy that's a better passer, or pass catcher than Saquon, I would take Christian McCaffrey. I would just put both those guys ahead. Maybe even, yeah, I mean, there's there's a handful of guys I would put ahead of Saquon. We just, we'll never see rookie Saquon again, right? That was such a moment that we'll never see again. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean,
2: really, I feel like running, he got back there. It's just, and that could be like a play design thing with Dable. And maybe that's not why he didn't have the pass catching numbers he had that rookie season. You know. Who really knows? All right. Number two, the runner up, the silver medal of my top 10 rankings, the man who led the league in rushing yards this year, Josh Jacobs.
1: Oh, my God. There's two guys that should be at your number one spot, and there's only one spot left.
2: Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see who was the other guy I didn't didn't mention. Uh, Finally played his first full season of his career. And it was in a contract season, and he went nuts, going for sixteen hundred and fifty-three yards, four point nine a carry, twelve touchdowns. He also another one you wouldn't think had four hundred yards receiving. Nice little number there for him. Um, I like to call him a bowling ball. He's five ten, two twenty, and he kind of runs like a bowling ball. In that two hundred and one of his runs were gap runs, where he's just slamming between tackles and the guards and. I thought I was going to look into his numbers and find some kind of holes to say he shouldn't be this high, but I really couldn't find it.
1: No, I think, I think Josh Jacobs is a really good runner. Um, I think that, (laughs) I think that he got underrated for a while because he's like a three down back and not much of a pass catcher. Even, like you said, 400 yards isn't anything to sneeze at. Um. Getting over four yards of carry, I know that that's just like an arbitrary number, but the way I've always thought of it is that way, if you carry it three times, you get a first down, you're guaranteed. Yeah. Um, Well, not guaranteed because it's an average, but you know what I mean. Um, My concern is, if we're looking forward, that it was a contract year, right? And I have it fresh in my brain because Washington gave way too much money to De'Aaron Payne when he performed better in a contract year than any other time but Josh Jacobs has had multiple seasons where he's been one of the best running backs in the league. And I really like Josh Jacobs. So I think that this is a good pick. I think he's definitely a top three back. Um, I do, you know, with everyone on this list, you know, you could say that you wish that they caught passes more, or just about everyone on this list. You could say that you wish they caught passes more, but yeah, Josh, Josh Jacobs is good. I hope that he performs well again, and then maybe gets paid somewhere besides the dog shit. Las Vegas Raiders.
2: Yeah, the things that kept him out of number one for me were that he's never, this was his first time playing a full season and it was a contract year. So there's that worry that he could not be motivated to do the same thing again. You hope that's not the case, though, but we'll have to see. Uh, But also, I'm always surprised when I look at his age. He's only 25. I feel like there are five years of Prime Jacobs left, hypothetically.
1: Yeah. He also, um, he was another Alabama guy, right? Yeah. He got a lot of Alabama guys on this list. Or, mm-hmm. you know, mainly two, I guess. Then and Najee
2: I, Harris was an honorable mention. Oh, yeah, honorable
1: mention. But, yeah, he was, um, Jacob was drafted in 2019. So he's somehow been in the league for three years, but every year feels like his second year in the league.
2: Mm-hmm. I think this was his fourth year in the league.
1: That could not possibly be right.
2: Oh, yeah, 19, 20, 21, oh, 22. Yeah,
1: okay, yeah. fourth year in the league. Yeah, but every year yeah. to me feels like his second year in the league. Mm-hmm. I had the same thing with Darren McFadden. For Darren McFadden's entire career, it always felt like his third year in the league.
2: All right, here we go. The big reveal. Number one, not who I expected to be my number one when I started this process. Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns.
1: Okay, that's the correct pick.
2: That is the correct pick. Uh, another bowling ball-shaped man at 5'11", 227. I don't think he gets enough credit for being, possible, for being arguably the best running back in the NFL. I feel like whenever people talk about like the top running backs in the NFL, they'll say like three names. And then one dude will be like, Oh, and Nick Chubb. And then people will be like, Oh, yeah, yeah, Nick Chubb. Yeah, yeah. Nick Chubb. He uh, put up 15 25 on the ground, averaged five yards a carry, and he had 12 touchdowns. In his entire career, he's never averaged less than five yards a carry. That's fucking wild. And he led the league last year in 10 plus yard runs and designed 15 plus yard runs. He is just consistent and dominant, and I don't think enough people talk about that.
1: Yeah, and so to to go two directions with this. First off, the other thing you always have to mention with Nick Chubb is the Nick Chubb falls into the category of player where every Sunday at some point he's trending. Mm-hmm. Like every Sunday, you get a clip of him just like cutting to the outside of the right tackle and breaking two tackles on his way to like a 25-yard gain before getting shoved out of bounds by a safety. And it's like every Sunday you get that, guy. especially because Nick Chubb is like maybe the best tackle breaker in the NFL. Like, there's some other guys you could talk about there, like Jamar Chase or, or like, um, like even Derrick Henry. But I feel like Nick Chubb is probably the best tackle breaker in the NFL because he's fucking fast and just physically ridiculous. Um,
2: I don't remember. Okay, I was just gonna say I don't remember the number, but he was like in the top three in yards after contact.
1: Yeah, and he's he's also the guy that constantly people go the best pure runner in the league, which is people's way of saying that they wouldn't call him the best running back, but he probably is like the most physically gifted one. But I agree with you. Like, I think he's the best running back in the league. And the other thing I think that we're going to start to see is that um, Nick Chubb is probably going to start getting more pass work because Kareem hunts out of the building now. And there's no one else there. So as much as we can say, like, oh, look at all these Nick Chubb stats. You know, he's getting 300 carries, whatever, and and 33 targets last season. That's when he was sharing the backfield with another player. Like, what are we going to see this year?
2: You could see, like, a monstrous 1,800-yard season. Who knows?
0: Yeah, 600 carries. Mm-hmm.
2: So who who was the guy that I left off this list? Jonathan Taylor. Oh yeah, I was kind of met on him. You're met
1: on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I was kind of met on Jonathan Taylor. Aaron Jones.
2: Uh, getting older and declining numbers wise.
1: Seems uh seems weird to kind of keep him off the list, I guess. Aaron Jones, sure he's getting older. Uh, I don't know. Brees Hall.
0: Uh, <laughs> he got. I mean,
2: I guess if uh, to be fair, if I'm gonna talk about the greatness of Damian Pierce in Houston and. Kenneth Walker the third. Maybe I should have gave more love to Brees. that's fair. I, I won't. I'll argue that one a little bit. A name that was coming nowhere near the list that some people may be like, yeah, but look where he ranked in yards was Dalvin Cook because he's been declining year after year and he's not the same guy anymore.
1: The Vikings were so fake last year that I'm not um, willing to give them any kind of flowers except outside of uh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, so I'm fine with that. Um, no, but I think that leaving Jonathan Taylor completely out of your list and completely out of your honorable mentions was malpractice.
2: It <laughs> was malpractice. Damn. Yeah. I mean, played 11 games, injury prone.
1: <laughs> That's what I've always said about Jonathan Taylor.
2: So, and I could only have one Stanford guy in the list, and McCaffrey had to be on there. So.
1: Oh, here we go. I had the wrong fucking stats. I knew that my Jonathan Taylor stats sounded weird. Jonathan Taylor, 24. Um, last year he had 1,800 year uh, year, or last year he had 861 yards. First time not eclipsing a thousand yards since then he was in high school. Uh, 2021, almost 2,000 yards, 1,811 yards, 18 rushing touchdowns, 20 total touchdowns.
2: Okay. So yeah. All right. So I do want to apologize for Jonathan Taylor for getting left off the list. Uh, that he was
1: wonderfully mentioned Najee Harris. and didn't Yeah, that... even give Jonathan Taylor.
2: <laughs> that was malpractice. If I redid the list, he'd be in there somewhere, and I'd have to bump either Damian Pierce or Kenneth Walker III off that list.
1: You got any? Uh, you got any final running back thoughts? Where do you think in a year? Where do you think that Bijan will be ranked on this list? You think he'll be an honorable mention? You think he'll be a top ten guy? Um, I'm a college football expert, so I'm.
0: I'm trusting you to have the accurate opinion. Yeah, I think a year from now,
2: yeah, I could see Bichon top ten year from now.
1: Who do you think if you had to if you had to take a guess at who the top three will be this time next season? Who would your guess be? In no
0: order, I'd say Barkley, McCaffrey, and Nick Chubb.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go Nick Chubb, McCaffrey, Antonio Gibson.
2: Nah. <laughs> Antonio Gibson can't even beat out a man who got shot in the butt, alright?
1: <laughs> yeah, but that guy has big hats, and that's more important, so
0: he's too focused on his big hat business. <laughs> he made the big hat
2: a thing among among the celebrities.
1: Alright, Mike, you got, any, uh, you got any final running back thoughts here?
2: Uh, no, except for entire world, watch out for James Cook.
1: Let James Cook. That's what I've always said. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, just looking forward here. Uh, we don't have time for the wheel segment because we went along with me arguing about stuff. Did you have something you want to talk about in the wheel segment?
2: Nah, I mean anything. I just like going to the wheel. But it's out.
1: okay. <laughs> well, maybe maybe we'll we'll cut we'll do the um over under pod separately next week. Maybe we'll put out two pods next week. Do the over under pod and do a regular pod. I like that. Um. Going next week, Mike. Saturday, five thirty. Got a uh, Buffalo versus Pittsburgh. Both one and O so far. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? How's uh, How's Buffalo gonna gonna fare? Starting, I assume Matt Barkley. Uh,
2: week two, we might start Josh for like a series, and that'll be it. I mean, it's it's really different now because people used to say that like week three was like the real like walkthrough where you'd see. Like, starters play, like, at least a quarter, but now there's only three preseason games, so that kind of becomes week two of preseason. So I think we'll see some Josh, but not a lot.
0: What's opening night?
1: When's uh, when's the first regular season game?
0: Is that, like, the 24th or something? I can Google that real quick.
1: Well, while you're doing that, I also want to point out that Baltimore has extended their preseason win streak to, like, 24 straight games without losing a preseason game. And they're going up against Washington, who's 1-0. We're getting the Battle of the DMV, although Baltimore is further north. The Battle of the Mid-Atlantic.
2: So, uh, I thought the 25th sounded way too late. It's September 7th.
0: Okay,
1: yeah. That's the first regular season game? Fuck, that's right around the corner, man.
2: It's usually like a week or so after college football starts, so that makes sense.
1: That's usually how I measure it, too. Yeah. All right, Mike, well, uh, so we got our our plan set. Next week we'll put out two pods. We'll go probably an hour with uh, some over unders in the NFL. We'll maybe discuss how we want to do that. I have I have my ideas, but I'd love to get your input. Uh, and then we'll have our regular pod where hopefully we'll get to the wheel with such topics that we didn't get to this week as best prospect over and uh, worst owner. Man, we just fucking love ranking stuff, don't we? We do. It's just like should we change? Should we change the uh, site name? Go away Maybe. from the town alone
2: branding. Should we see if uh ranker.com has forgot to like renew their yeah, let's check th- their domain license or whatever. Let's see.
1: Ranker.com. Nope, still up. Fuck. Thought we could take it. Damn. Um, but they did just rank the days of summer. So. And uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula is number two amongst the best Dracula movies. Well, high praise. Oh, and uh, good news. Um, TV shows with men in nice suits for when you're in a dapper mood. Uh, suits is now number four on that list.
2: Oh, good for suits. I've only been rooting for them to move up that list. What is, like, Mad Men number one?
1: I know, I exited out.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, Peaky
1: Blinders got to be on there, right? They're wearing suits in
0: that show. Oy, yeah. Veep. Funny show. You like Veep? You into Veep? Well, I enjoyed Veep. I tried watching it. Can't get into
1: it. Yeah, well, not a deep guy Teach them. their own. All right, Mike, uh, you got anything to plug? Anything coming out this week for sure? Or are we still still looking at some stuff?
2: Uh, I'm working on a couple articles, one article where I get to be a total dick and just tell fans why they should be miserable and not excited about their football team. Uh, started doing some work on a quarterback, uh, college quarterback article that will hopefully be coming up the following week. And uh, we'll be recording a talent load pro wrestling podcast tomorrow
1: that hopefully someone will edit this time. Um, I have, uh, yeah, I got the training camp or preseason MVP week three coming out. Now that we actually have game action, I'll be able to look at that to tell you who the MVP is going to be. Justin Fields rocketing up the list. Uh, right now, number one on our list is Eric B. Enemy, so, <laughs> all right, let's get the fuck out of here. Bye.